Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations. Please wait for your host to begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded. All right. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. One sec. Okay. okay. Just adjust some things here. Yeah, do your thing. Zoom. This looks different. Okay. Uh, is it already recording? Are we on the clock? Oh, we're on the clock. It starts as soon as you're oh, in, baby. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, I just don't know what to do. I, I feel so pressed for time. Well, okay. Oh, you're definitely pressed for time. And in fact, I'm going to make it a little bit worse <laughs> by starting with an ad read that I'm going to make you sit through. I hope that's okay. Sweet. Um, well, you don't do editing either, right? So I shouldn't interrupt you like I am right now? I mean, you can if you want to. It's, okay. your, ti- it's your time too. This episode... <laughs> This episode of 39-Minute Conversations is not officially presented by Peacock. Yes, I have advertised for Peacock before, but damn it, I'm going to do it again. If you want to call me a Peacock simp, go for it. But right now, they have two of the best new shows I've seen in a while, and I want to use this immense platform to shell for them. First, there's Poker Face, a delightful mystery show from Ryan Johnson and starring Natasha Lyonne as Charlie Kale, a human lie detector who keeps getting wrapped up in murder cases. And speaking of murderers, talk about a murderer's row of stars. Adrian Brody, Benjamin Bratt, Dasha Polanco, Judith Light, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Lil Howry, Hong Chow, Ron Perlman, Nick Nolte, Tim Meadows, Stephanie Hsu, and so, so many more. And then there's Paul T. Goldman, a show that's actually really hard to describe but had me totally hooked. I binged the whole thing in a night, which is something I haven't done in a while. It's basically a comedy documentary from director Jason Wallner and producer Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg about a man who's convinced his ex-wife is leading a criminal double life and the filmmaker helping him tell his story while uncovering the truth about what really happened. If you like Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal, you're going to love Paul T. Goldman. That's Poker Face and Paul T. Goldman, both streaming now on Peacock. And now the intro... Hello, I'm Brian T. Arnold, and this is 39-Minute Conversations, a podcast about reconnecting with old friends and making new ones, but I've only got 39 minutes to do it because I will not be paying for Zoom Pro. My guest today is a senior executive and partner at Pipeline Media Group. He oversees script pipeline, book pipeline, film pipeline, as well as pipeline artists. He and his organization have been instrumental in helping launch the careers of many screenwriters, including Evan Daughtery, Tripper Clancy, Crosby Salander, and me, Brian T. Arnold. He's also the co-host of the podcast, How the Arts Were One. Please welcome Matt Joseph Misitich. This is the most stressful podcast I've ever <laughs> been on in my life. Uh, Good. No, hey, it's great <laughs> to be here, buddy. It is great to have you. Thank you for being here. Um, we know each other a little bit, and I think we'll get, we'll get sure. more into how we met and how we got to know each other as, as the interview goes on. But we've only mm-hmm. met in person once at this writer's mixer at a bar I was very nervous to be at because given my, you know, given my current uh, mm-hmm. shut in, scared of everything tendencies. Um, mm-hmm. But, and we didn't know each other prior to the pandemic. So I just want to start where I start with most of my guests. How have the last three years been for you? What did you learn about yourself? How did this time change you if it has? The last three years has been busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have changed as a person, not at all. And now I'm here. <laughs> it's Perfect. Wonderful to be here. Perfect. Uh, I learned nothing 
<laughs> Everyone <laughs> says they like, well, you know what? The pandemic has taught me this. The pandemic has taught me that. And the, the value of life. It's like, I already knew all that. So <laughs> I learned I was... that a lot of people are really stupid about, you know, science and whatnot. <laughs> If that Fair counts. enough. Yeah, that definitely counts. I definitely lost a little bit of faith in in a lot of aspects of humanity. That's part of how mm-hmm. that's part of how I was changed. Um, you know, I did I did my research on you. I wrote up a lot of questions, but I also know that you host a podcast yourself. When we talked uh, via email before this, you mentioned some questions that you wanted to get into. So. I almost feel like I'm going to be interviewed today as much as I interview you, yes. um, which I am excited. So I'm excited for this chat and to and to see where it goes. Well, our podcast that I co-host with Michelle Daniel, uh, mm-hmm. who's lovely. That's her full name, Michelle Daniel, who's lovely. Great name. I have to include that. <laughs> uh, she, uh, we've only been doing it since May of last year, which mm-hmm. I think is probably older than this one. It is, yeah. As a matter of fact, just yeah. two two noobs on the pod waves i don't know what they call them <laughs> that's what they're pod. called they call them the pod waves. oh good yeah you nailed it you're you're hip you're hip to the zeitgeist well i'm pretty pretty much professional now as far as podcasts are concerned uh <laughs> no uh yes that's true and yes uh, i will try not to ask you too many questions however i do have i do have one question let's kick off your podcast with a question from okay. me to you please let's do it uh you mentioned that you hadn't been to a mixer in a while mm-hmm. and besides the one that you know we had last um eight, eight nine months ago now uh has it was that a result of the pandemic or was that always kind of the case that is mostly a result of the pandemic i i'm a little bit of an introvert uh historically but i always had um you know and that it being a writer and working from home and all those things you know, don't help with the introverted status but in mm-hmm. the pre-pandemic days, I did a lot of like comedy shows and go to the bars after. I was on a lot of improv and sketch and those kinds of things. So I was, I definitely would have been, and I went to like one giant writer's mixer and, you know, didn't think of a thing about being in a room with 300 people because why would I? The, uh-huh. know, and nowadays, you know, I, I definitely was the only person at that mixer who like kept a mask on for most of it. Um, and I left, I kind of snuck out kind of early because like, yeah, I don't, for the most part, I don't go into crowded places anymore mm-hmm. right now. Uh, when I hang out with people, I'm always like, you know, you know, it's really fun outside. Outside's my favorite place. <laughs> um, I just got back in right before this podcast from like a, I made someone do an outdoor lunch. You wanted to catch, you know, that we caught up. Yeah. So that's, I think that's who I am now. And for the foreseeable future, I don't see that changing. Yeah. But I, you know, you guys, you and, was that, you hosted that or John hosted that? Oh, that was, was a pipeline me, thing. John, and yeah. uh, Sean first started organizing those. And, when and you, it's outdoor. Yeah, yeah and well, it was it was semi-outdoor. Yeah. It was it was indoor-outdoor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a giant, giant open, open wall, basically. True, but I was still but nervous it, it about does it, get but so It gets so packed there that... It does, um, it does. I got nervous, but I, you know, I wanted to be there for, for you and for John, and I made myself go, but it was definitely... I, I, it was definitely hard for me to, to show up to that, but I did my best. I appreciate the effort. And yeah. I'm curious too, if has this sort of newfound perspective, has that influenced your writing at all? Has that influenced the stories that you're telling? Has it influenced the, uh, the, the your, your writing pace for that matter? Um, 
That's a good question. Um, I promise this is not, I'm not, host, no, this is, I'm this not is, commandeering the hosting of this podcast. This, Hey, you know what? This could, I might switch the order of the pictures. This just might be, this week might be 39 <laughs> minute conversations with Matt, with Matt Misitich featuring Brian G. Arnold. And that's fine. Um, I don't know. I definitely, you know, the script that the last script that I really had go out there, um, was the one, one of the ones that you read a while back in the end, mm -hmm. which was already about um, life and death and trying to live your life during hard times. And it wasn't necessarily, I started writing it before the pandemic, but I think the pandemic gave me a new perspective on it. And I think it, you know, I think that's part of why people related to it in such a way mm -hmm. was it felt very reflective of the times by accident. Uh, it was mostly when I started it, a script about my own, you know, anxiety and, and feeling like that I put too much of myself into work and not enough into living life and all these different things. But um, since I moved on from that script, um, I, got, I, I don't know if there are a ton of influences. Uh, pace is maybe a little bit slower, but you know, I have more time to write, but it's also just a little harder to write when you just feel unsettled when the world feels mm -hmm. unsettling. Um, so it's not, yeah, I know some people who just like wrote the whole pandemic and I was paralyzed by writing uh, mm -hmm. from it for a while. Um, but you know, I'm starting to get my groove back, I think. And, uh, you know, all my stories have always been kind of humanistic and, and, um, some degree about life and death because I've always been a hypochondriac. I have, you know, all these different issues mm -hmm. in, in that and it with anxiety and, and depression and those kind of things that are, um, I always show up in my work. So I think if anything, I think who I've always been is now almost a little bit more relatable to the rest of the world. <laughs> um, so I, I I don't know if my writing has changed as much as the world is now like, oh, I get you now. <laughs> the world is caught up to you. Mm -hmm. Now we're all scared, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm not scared. I feel like I should be, which worries me. So I guess I'm scared about that. <laughs> you do. I, I don't know. Like you do seem much more relaxed about things than I am, which is I, I'm envious of. And I'm glad that you're in that place. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Pros and cons, BTA. Sure, sure. Uh, oh, I, can I call you BTA? Uh, a lot of people do. So go for it. Whatever you want to oh, do. Good. It's so simple. It's just three quick syllables. Yeah, it feels great. And it feels nice. Yeah. It feels unique. Um, and it's it's a unique acronym. It's not like, you know, if your name was Paul Christopher, you know, uh, Perugi or something, then it's PCP and that's, you can't do PCP. You can't or... do PCP. I mean, it does, it makes me feel like Paul Thomas Anderson. Like when like people are like, oh, BTA, PTA. And I'm like, all right. Oh yeah. I didn't I'll think take of that. that. I'll take uh, that. You're right. It's too close. I'll, I'll think of something else. No, too late. Um, <laughs> one, one thing that you did during the height of the pandemic that I thought was really neat is you and the folks at Script Pipeline started uh, having these writer mixers, like get togethers on social media, uh, yes. hashtag pipeline writers, hashtag script chat, you know, screenwriting is such a lonely existence most of the time. And I think you were doing mixers before the pandemic and you just moved them to the, to the internet, but it was yeah. such a refreshing thing while we were all already isolated people in a more isolating time, having this venue to get together and talk and I made a lot of good friends doing that and mm -hmm. it, it was a great way to foster community and so what inspired you to to start uh doing that 
Well, a quick fact check because she'll yell at me. Um, Jeannie Bowerman actually started the script chat uh, many, many oh, years ago. Oh, I should have. Uh, I should get her on this podcast. You should. She's <laughs> instead uh, of instead of you. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk your ear off, and so so will she. So good luck. <laughs> You're gonna have to upgrade ninety three minute podcasts. <laughs> uh, so she was she was script chat, and she's been doing that Sunday night slot for okay. Uh, 13 I, years now, 12 years. Oh, wow. I Maybe I just wasn't aware of it until like the pandemic yeah. made me more aware of like oh, on yeah. social media more and more aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Pipeline Writers started in March, March 20th, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, because that was the year where I'm like, all right, let's start doing more uh, quarterly or even monthly in-person mixers in Los Angeles for writers and for industry. And then that plan didn't work out because- yeah. Yeah, you know, you know how that story goes. Uh, so I'm at home and I'm thinking like, I'll just do like a, a Twitter mixer. And I originally was going to call it a Twixer. Ah? Hey. Glad, I, glad I abandoned that one. Yeah, good move. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to, th- this wasn't done for like uh, branding purposes per se. I just wanted like a unique hashtag that was kind of unique to us. So I wanted to include the pipeline somehow. Mm-hmm. Um some people seem to think like, oh, it was a marketing ploy. I'm like, no, I was bored. And I and I was like, I was, I know I said I'm not scared because I was being very, you know, macho about it. But yep, um, that was a very scary month, right? Yeah. And April very. was yeah. very scary too. It was until a, we kind of had a grip on things. Until the vaccine, really, like the whole, all of 2020 was rough. Yeah. And I think we've kind of blocked that from our memory. Anyway, I got to do a whole other podcast on the uh, psychological ramifications of the uh, sure. pandemic but uh no it's just like it'd be cool if like every friday night uh everyone just came out you know went on twitter and they made a little drink for themselves or whatever their beverage of choice and they hung out and just not even talked about like writing or talked about you know q a with a guest or something we did a few of those but like mm-hmm. mostly just just to hang out and talk to each other from around the world so we did that. The first few weeks went really well, and a lot of people joined on. And then I just kind of lost control of it after that. People, <laughs> uh, the writers just took it over, uh, which was great. Uh, last year, kind of, last year people went back into the the milieu of society. Sure, right? a lot of people so, did. <laughs> yeah, so people went from being terminally online to to not terminally online, sure. uh, which is good. Uh, so it just kind of you know, attendance kind of hampered. I kind of let, let go of it a bit, but now this year uh, reformatted it a bit. So it's once a month, last Friday of every month, um, you know, we'll organize a little bit more through script pipeline, do giveaways and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, it's nice to have that kind of outlet there. Speaking of giveaways, um, one of the things that became very popular during, uh, during that was the, the script mm-hmm. pipeline mugs became a, a phenomenon. Everybody wanted mm-hmm. one. Everybody was entering contests to get one. I've got mine right here today. I'm very, yeah. What's I'm the very, other side of it? Oh, uh, it's uh, reckless creative. Well, that's the original. That's the like, original. That's the first, first batch, first order. And I've, t- uh, it's, it's got a little chip in it now, but you know, it's, it's still fine. functional. It gives it its character. It gives it its character. Uh, but if you wanted to send me another one, I wouldn't complain about that. I'm going to send you another one. I want to send you this one, this, <laughs> this one from symposium. Oh, platform through pipeline artists. It's not this exact variation. This one uh, is too rare, even sure. for public consumption. <laughs> sure. um, but I will send you one. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that blew up like it did. 
uh, and it blew up in the sense that it was like blew up in our little tiny sector of the industry. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it was cool. I mean, it, it didn't really um, uh, it cost us a bit, but it was, it was <laughs> worth it. You know, a lot of time and money spent on shipping. Uh, but it was kind of I don't know. It was cool. I I had a, so many little taglines. I'm like, gosh, this this would look good somewhere, but I don't know where to put it. And I'm like, oh, how about the side of a mug? You know? Sure. Uh, so like the reckless creatives thing um, mm -hmm. was the first one, uh, and then Jeannie and Sadie, who's the editor in chief of Script Mag, now their podcast is called Reckless Creatives. Mm -hmm. uh, I let them borrow that tagline, <laughs> so uh, it just kind of spoke to um, not just the, the little taglines and stuff, but the mugs themselves, and just like having something like that sort of giveaway kind of fit well with our our vibe, I guess. Mm -hmm. We're 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 not like you know avant garde over here, but we're we're a little bit more grounded and honest and uh, yeah. you know realistic. So it just kind of uh, you know cut through the marketing garbage and the yeah. It was know. really it was really nice. It was it was cool to you know see people kind of going crazy for those mugs because I you know at that point I think I didn't really get into the hashtag i wasn't as aware of it until after um i entered script pipeline my my year which was 2021 right. so that's kind of when i started get well, i entered it at the end of 2020, 2020. So the beginning of 20 yeah. so beginning of 2021 was when i was kind of like becoming more and more aware of of this hashtag and getting more involved in it and it was definitely something that was a great yeah like i said it it, that, it meant a lot to me to have that kind of community Mm -hmm. with people during a time when I felt like I didn't have one. So like, I, I just genuinely appreciate that that, you know, was something you guys built. Well, you won the 2020 first look season. I won. Uh, yeah. Did you, how, I'm curious, how did you submit? Did you submit because you were taking part in the Twitter conversations? And I don't remember. I think I just submitted through Coverfly just because I, at the time I, I was having um, kind of a rough go of it career-wise I mm -hmm. uh, had just been dropped by my agents actually and I was trying to figure out what I was doing I was feeling like you know the last couple of years hadn't gone the way I anticipated um, and I had a couple scripts that basically I was looking for am I good at this am right. I, I I just need some maybe some notes from an outside perspective um, I would I entered with no expectation of winning and then I did end up winning, which was uh, wild and extremely well, valid. Two categories. I just slipped that in. <laughs> thank you for slipping that in. I wasn't going to. I did. I won <laughs> uh, two different categories with two different scripts that year, which was wild. Um, and yeah, at that point is when I sort of became like, oh, let me get more involved with Pipeline. This is cool. And like, and that and that contest really did change my life and my career. I I, I met. After I won it, I met my new my new reps, and one of those scripts ended up on the blacklist, ended up getting optioned, mm -hmm. and all those things. So, yeah, I owe like I like I said in the intro, I I owe a lot of my career to to you and to and to script pipeline. It it wouldn't have, I I don't know if I would be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for for you all. Well, thank you. One one step of your career, anyway. I mean, a big step. The first step is a big one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I should have been the sponsor of this. We should have been the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, I don't know how much detail you want to 
you're comfortable going into as far as sure. like you know that whole finding a new rep process but yeah um I'll be vague because um, you came to me and said, hey, you know, here's where I'm at. I don't really yeah. know where to go. And I'm like, well, look, let me read the script and then we can kind of, you know, just take it step by step. And, you know, you, you had told me that uh, this, this script in the end um, or now the end, right? Uh, in Originally the end, now in the end. Oh, I thought it was reversed. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> I should know these things. Uh, I thought it was pretty great but I, I did kind of have that little little nugget of doubt in my head like well how are other industry people going to respond and you told me you left your other manager mm -hmm. I'm like all right well let me send it here here and here and we'll see what's what uh I didn't really have much of a relationship with with John at Bellevue at that point um they were just kind of a industry person that we sort of sent stuff to right they weren't really mm -hmm. um my, my typical go-to uh, so I wasn't I really sure that. of his taste. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that 2021 was really when I started uh, working closer with them. And then obviously now, and then 2022. Uh, but uh, no, so I, I wasn't sure of his, uh, you know, proclivities in terms of like writing style sure. and what kind of client, um, but he liked it. Um, and I quickly realized that John Zalzerny has good taste. He's going to want to That he does. Shout out. I like to think so. <laughs> not always i disagree with him often but <laughs> for for the most part uh i think he has really good taste in writers and scripts and I, what i like about him and certain other managers is they have a very open mind on what has a chance in the market it's not like oh don't give me a drama don't give mm -hmm. me this period piece don't give me this you know this maybe slightly lower concept thing uh not that yours is lower concept but just in general right um Yours is actually fairly high, high concept. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty high concept. Yeah, um, but when you have when you go into it with that mentality, uh, I just think that's the that's the proper the proper move. Uh, everyone kind of has their own sweet spot, but you know. Sure. So I appreciated that, and I'm I'm glad it you know it worked out, and um, yeah, here it we definitely, are. It definitely worked out, and I will say like, yeah, John basically, I think he had a little bit of the same not reservations, but same thoughts on the script that you had where like he and I had a very honest chat after I signed with him mm -hmm. or around the time I was signing with him. And he was like, look, this script is weird. <laughs> the script is dark. The yeah. script has a lot of, a lot that might, you know, this might not sell. Um, yeah. But he was willing to, you know, which is something I'd been looking for my whole career up to that point. He was willing to say, but we're going to send it everywhere. We think it's good mm -hmm. writing maybe somebody will buy it maybe they won't it is weird uh but you well, know. i like that i like that bravado just me too me too because i i had been with my previous reps i had been in situations where they were like you know not to, i'm not going to name them i don't want to disparage anybody yeah, yeah. and they're they're very good at like at what they do but they had mm -hmm. they had you know their tendency was to be like well let's send it to like these three companies and see what they think and let's, then let's send it to maybe like two more and see what they they would feel it out and like if like four or five companies were into it they'd be like well, okay maybe the next script is kind yeah. of how it would go and i think that happens a lot but you know one thing i appreciated about about john and kate at bellevue and then my, and my agents at apa um shout out cheryl adam and haley uh they were just like screw it we like this is a mm -hmm. this is a weird ass script let's go let's send it to everybody yeah. and let's see what happens and i think that's something that a lot of writers don't get at a lot of places and i you know it's not maybe the strategy for every script but just that one calling card intro to the town kind of script it it, it 
you know, ended up obviously ended up getting optioned. It actually had a few companies who were interested in optioning it, not to sound braggy or anything, right, but, it yeah. was, but it was just the kind of thing of, you know, they took a chance on it and it worked out and you guys took a chance, like putting your name on it and saying, this is a winner. You should look at this. So it, it I, I think, I think that's not to cut you off. I think that's key too, because we're in a similar situation is like when managers go out to producers and elsewhere with a script, uh, there's like three levels of, of good scripts that I would kind of categorize. Like there's the script that I'm like, all right, this is good enough. It could go out. The writer's not really going to, it's not really a way to improve it. Um, there's a script that's like a notch above that where it's like, oh, it has a little bit of a twist to it. And then there's the script where I'm like, I have to send this to everybody immediately as soon as mm -hmm. possible. And that's not to say that, you know, that top script is the one that's going to get made or sold or get the right opportunities. Any one of those three scripts can, right? Mm -hmm. But for that third tier script, what, that's like, it's good. The writing is good, but I'm, we're not like super crazy about it. Uh, that's the script where... I, I may send it to like four or five managers sure. and, or production companies and they all pass and they all have kind of middling feedback. Right. And I might say, well, maybe I won't go wider with it necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, usually I will, to be honest, because we're in a different position and it's just, you know, but if it's a script where I'm like, all right, you know, our, our, our reputation is on the line too. So I don't want to send a script to like some of our other partners, let's say, who I don't have a close relationship with unless I'm like really sure that it's going to land well. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, it you know, it ends up being a sort of a small handful of that little kind of elite tier, so to speak. Um, but what I've learned is even for those, I'm going to call them bottom tier scripts because they're still great scripts, right? But like, you know, like the, the lower part of like our top 10 finalists, for example, any one of those scripts could get made and could gel with somebody and you just never know. So you mm -hmm. have to cover your bases. Uh, I've seen it happen many times. Uh, with finalists of ours, even semi-finalists of ours that we, you know, we didn't really, um, that we might have helped develop or we might not have. Um, I'll see their script later on, like on deadline, and, you know, it's someone's attached to it and it's, you know, it's going to be maybe a straight to streaming type film or something, but it got me, mm -hmm. right? right? And it's, I don't look at that as a script we missed necessarily. It's just uh, everyone kind of has their own taste, but um, sending stuff out as wide as you're comfortable with, I think is always the a good plan. I think so. And, um, you know, I, I'm not gonna ask questions about this because I know this is, a, this is a topic that you hear too much and discuss too much, but, you know, some people on the internet might say like, oh, you know, contests aren't good. Contests aren't helpful. Don't. Right. And I can attest that that's not the case. I, I am, you know, proof that a career can come out of them. So I, I want to skip over that question because I think it's pretty clear where we both stand that contests can't, but I'll I, say, I, I'll oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I mean, I can I can just touch base. I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think those opinions are bad necessarily. I, I do think it's a it's kind of a misguided opinion to say like oh they don't do anything because obviously they do right. Mm -hmm. um, they do things for the people who place in them. Anyway, right. right. Yeah. Uh, but it depends on the contest. It depends on the fellowship. It depends on what program you're in. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen people in big that went through the, the bigger studio programs that really didn't get much out of that surprising sure um whereas someone who like placed in script pipeline sold their spec you know so you really never know i'm a big proponent of you have to kind of cover cover all your ground mm -hmm. with that one script um and if that one script doesn't you know if you hit dead ends then then that's it you try another you try another inroad um or you try again those same sources with another script in the future right. um so 
So yeah, <laughs> that was my that's my my side note. That I think I, I think that's great, and I think it's true because I the one thing that I kind of return to on this podcast, the more you know writers that I have, the more you realize different people have different stories of how they broke in, some contests, some yeah. uh, you know the studio programs, some made a feature or short. You know, it's everybody like there's. I, I repeat this too much on this podcast, but it's just the fact that there is no one one door there's a yeah. there's a hundred doors and you just have to find your door um uh, i would love to talk about sort of beyond the contest or even or including the contest what does pipeline focus on in terms of like how they work with writers um in terms obviously that you all get the script out but you also mentioned development you also mentioned you know just staying in touch and and reaching out to people so I, what is like your I guess pitch for what what pipeline does for people who do well in in the contests and beyond. Yeah, it, it used to be. Uh, I used to kind of push the whole like, yeah, we're going to send your script to you know multiple industry people over the long term, and we still do that obviously. But uh, over the last few years, I've been leaning a lot harder into like the development side of things. So, reviewing uh, new pitches or new scripts from our former finalists or winners. Um, and seeing who we have, who we might have, uh, as far as you know, reps and, and production companies. Mm -hmm. um, the reason for that is once we send out a script, it's, it's out of our hands. Either someone likes it or they don't like it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's almost as frustrating for us as it is for the writer when we get a pass on a script that we really like. Uh, and I don't know, I don't want to I don't want to define the success of the company based on like our success stories per se like how many writers sure. we get wrapped or because i just don't you know it's it's kind of it's almost random at this point it's not random but it right. feels like it sometimes uh so but what we can do is we have a team in place it's a very good team uh development execs you know freelance or freelance readers who although some of them are practically full-time at this point sure. um i just sent <laughs> She's going to yell at me tomorrow when she sees them. I sent like 17 scripts to one of our development execs. Hi, Bree. Um, <laughs> but uh, my my cue, not to, not to go off on a tangent, of a no, tangent but like my cue just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, I used to think, gosh, that person I sent the script to hasn't read it in like two, three weeks. I'm looking at scripts that people sent me in November still. Um, so the, the time passes. But no, I, I want to skew more into development because it's something we can control. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that, you know, we can, not only can control, but it's a, uh, it's a constant that we can do for the next, you know, hundred years if we need to, uh, not that long, hopefully. <laughs> um, but even with writers like you who are, who are rep, like always an open invite to send me like, Hey, what do you think of this idea before I sent it to, to John and Zach or John and Kate, John and Kate. who's technically, rep. okay. Um, you know, stuff like that, just having that ongoing relationship. Yeah. Uh, because it just, it makes sense. If, if you're going to say this writer is better than these other several thousand writers, why wouldn't you maintain some sort of a uh, relationship with them, you know, as far as reviewing their material and helping them along? And uh, when they become big, they can come on my podcast <laughs> or one of the Pipeline Artist podcasts. So. Um, you estimate that you've read, I'm trying to find my note here. I can't find it, like 30,000 uh yeah scripts pitches pilots all those kind of things so like books yeah. books all that so what do you look for in a good piece of of writing if somebody's entering a contest or submitting to you guys for development what what are you looking for 
you know, people debate this on Twitter all the time too. Uh, I think people debate everything on Twitter. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Here's a topic no one debated. Like that's never been said. Uh, no, it's like the whole like just just be or just uh, what is it? Don't be boring, right? Mm-hmm. Which I uh, have argued is it's correct. Um, it's not really advice. I don't know how you would how that's actionable advice per se. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of your lovely manager, John, he would disagree with me because he's already disagreed with me on that point. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it is true. And it's for me, it's just, it's a, my own subjective thing. Like when I'm reading a script, I want to be like that first scene, that first page, really the first few pages, just like do something a little bit different and do something really bold and audacious. I don't care what genre it is. It could be a, Yours was a, uh, I want to say slow moving, but it's not, there's no explosions or anything, right? Um, <laughs> there's no like fantasy sequences, um, <laughs> but it pulled me in. Uh, well, I think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it pulled me in right away, you know? Yeah. Um, partly because of the writing, partly because of just all those little, little things that I, that could be a whole other podcast entirely um, on all those little intangibles, like the mm-hmm. not just the writing style, but like the, the backdrop and like how things are structured and how you enter a scene. Uh, if the first scene is like a guy and he's walking into a coffee place and he's making a coffee order and he sits down and he's waiting for someone to arrive, like that's not a fun way to enter a movie, right? Sure. Uh, you see a million movies that start just like that though. Um, but in script form, that has to feel exciting somehow, mm-hmm. you know? So that's really what I look for in most scripts is just to have that, like, like the writer had fun with it. You can see that on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I tend to think that you can tell when somebody's just writing for like, I think this is an idea that'll sell or, yeah. you know, I'm I, all the time. You have to be able like, if you don't love what you're doing, it's not like other people won't love it either. Like it, I think right. you have to write what's kind of not to sound too uh, woo woo or whatever, but like you have to write what's in your heart. You have to write like this, the movie you want to see. And if that's not what's coming out of you, nobody else is going to, you know, that's not going to be what somebody's picking up. And I think that's mm-hmm. so important. Um, uh, I will add this too. I think every, I might be a little hyperbolic, but I'm pretty sure every great script that I've read like that top, you know, 0.01% of scripts that have gone on, gotten, you know, attention, gone on the blacklist or what have you. Uh, they all came from a personal place. Either it was a topic that the writer was really, really familiar with personally, mm-hmm. or the theme was very personal to them, or I don't know, it was just, they were driven by a, uh, a story that they, like you said, that, that they, they wanted to tell. They weren't really writing to the market. They were writing for themselves with the market in mind. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, you tell people, every people, you know, you get the advice of you have to write to the market. You do, but like you said, I think it's it. You get this, uh, you get blinders on you, and you're just mm-hmm. focused on like I have to write this, therefore I have to change my uh, my personal, you know, intent or my personal preference. Yeah, um, and that's that's when things go. That's wire. yeah. I would tend to. I would mostly agree with that. I I do think there's a little bit of a. I think keeping like just like, not necessarily keeping the current market in mind as much as just knowing what's marketable and what you know generally what's get made. Well, what is marketable? How would you define marketable? I mean, marketable. It's. I mean, it's a good question, but it's it and it does vary a little bit. But I would say just you do have to keep an eye on what's getting made. You have right. to keep an eye on on that kind of thing. But also like 
you know, I remember, you know, a year or two years ago, people were like, oh, they're only looking for Ted Lasso style comedies. And then Squid Games is the big hit. And then it's like, okay, now they're only looking for this. So I think if you're, I, I would say, I guess, keep in mind what's marketable, but also chasing trends can be like a fool's errand, I think, sure. because that is, the, the market moves on too fast to to kind of do that, I think, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> oh, that's are, true. Are are there any um, contests or deadlines or anything that you want to uh, you know mention now? Promote? Sure. Uh, what's the what's the time clock here? I need like a. Oh, we have about we have about three minutes and fifteen seconds to go. Oh God, the most stressful podcast. <laughs> Isn't it great? I kind of love it though. It's a good. It's such a good idea. Uh, never be rich because then you'll have to get the Zoom like the regular version. I, I will never. I I pledge to never get Zoom, bro. <laughs> uh, oh, do I have anything to pitch? Well, we have. Um, we just reopened the pitch contest season. Uh, mm-hmm. We do that twice a year. Um, we just picked the winner of this past season. She's fantastic. The runner-up is fantastic. Um, looking forward to really developing those two projects. Uh, the uh, First look project is open that Brett Bryan won. It's uh, category specific, genre specific competition. Um, and then the main screenwriting and TV writing competitions are open until May. Uh, those are like the, the main are, one. Those are good ones. Like I, you know, I don't, you know, Script Pipeline is not an official sponsor, but as somebody who's been through it and, you know, did see my life, you know, change because of it. Like, if you're going to go the contest route, I don't know better people in it. I don't know, you know, uh, a better way to go if that's your route. Um, do you want to, you know, we have about two minutes. Do you want to, where can people follow you? Where can people, anything else do you want to plug in this time? Uh, my Twitter is SPMJM. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't follow me though. You'll be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> Uh, I did just release the first of a 12-part article series today on our platform, Pipeline Artists. I wanted um, to talk more about that, but man, we ran out of time fast. Oh, that's okay. Uh, it's Don't read it. It's more, don't follow me, don't read it, don't do any of this. <laughs> don't write a script and, and send it to us and make sure it's really good. Um, no, I, 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 there's so many movies I haven't seen because I... Mm-hmm. I was always a TV person and then I would just rewatch movies that I already liked. And so I never really for the most part, um, compared to like a cinephile, really escaped that bubble. So uh, I tasked myself with watching a movie a day this year. Uh, so 365 movies total. Wow. And then at the end of every month, I would just rank them in order of my my preference, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been uh, illuminating. So I wrapped January and my number one film uh, was Rain Man, shockingly. Wow, actually, that's one I've I've missed. It came out when I was young, and I never went back for it. So that's one I should check out. I was shocked at how much I liked it and how good it was. Since with our last little bit of time, less than a minute to go, um, you you've led into this. What are your What are your top five movies all time? Top five movies. I have no specific ranking. I'll throw some out at you. Throw some out. American Beauty. Okay. Uh, Of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure. Uh, Any of those any indiana jones movie really mm-hmm. field of dreams mm-hmm. um sneakers i just posted okay. about sneakers sure, sure. Great. excellent uh, very underrated film um how much time i got it just less than a minute's all we know it'll cut us off at any time oh god uh uh <laughs> jesus 
Minority Report. Your meeting has ended. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to 39 Minute Conversations, hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold. Music by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes and don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay too. Thank you and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.